You know, we always get the list of the last song <laughs> when we're supposed to take the stage. And as I was just not just standing there, but just had my mind on the Lord, I was like, God, what do you, what do you want me to say? And this, this is what came to me on the inside was there's a lot of times in our life where we are, it, it's easier to focus on flesh because that's what we see, right? Uh, we look in the mirror, no matter where we go, we see what we see with our eyes and our senses. But the Lord wants to bring us into this knowledge as well that we're part spirit too. Amen? I'm not just flesh, but I'm spirit. And we talked about when I see heaven, God give us this ability on the inside to see what he sees. And to not just see with our, with our senses, but to see into the spiritual realm. And I believe what he just wants us to see here this morning is that it's his desire for us to glorify him, right? And not look at our circumstances. Because if, if you're strictly operating in flesh, that's what you're going to see is your circumstances. But I'm thankful that I can rise above my circumstances. You can rise above your circumstances. And that the way, this is a great revelation that the Lord brought to me. And it's so simple. And maybe I'll say it enough times, you'll get it. Just because what I see right now does not mean that this is the way it's always going to be. What I'm looking at right now does not mean that this is the way life is always going to be. But you see, if you're looking with the flesh, that's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. That where I'm at right now is where I'm always going to be. And that's a lie. But we've got to awaken that spirit man, right? We, we talked a few Wednesday nights ago about how to be led by the spirit of God. Uh, Mark on, on the online Sunday school has been talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God. So if these are questions we ask, there has to be this, the ability for you to see into the spiritual realm. And I just want to encourage you today that whatever you may be looking at, whatever you may be facing, we can see heaven. We can see His glory. And we can see Him in everything that we may be facing, everything that we may be going through. It's temporal. This whole life is temporal. This, this is not it. This is not it. We'll get into that uh, hopefully later on in the service. So you may be seated. I'll keep you standing all day. Thank you, worship team. Don't they do great? Amen. I just, I really feel that it deep within me this morning is that we don't have to look at our circumstances for what they are at this very moment. We can, we can look into the, what the Word of God says, and believe it or not, your spirit, you can operate in spirit even if your flesh is not feeling like it, <laughs> right? We, we can operate in spirit. I'm not just flesh, I'm spirit as well, and hopefully more spirit. Amen. Well, we've been doing a uh, series, the Holy Spirit has, on where do I need to grow up. And I know Pastor Susan said if, we've been, if we say we're enjoying this, maybe we're not getting everything that we, <laughs> we need to be getting. But I think deep down our spirit does enjoy it when we receive uh, what the Word of God has to say. 
and uh, it bears witness with our spirit. Some things get said, it may not bear witness with our flesh, but it can bear witness with our spirit, and we can grow in spirit. Uh, So we're going to, I really felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and asked me to continue on uh, with this, Uh, and a part of, I don't really have a title. I wish I could tell you I had one. I I don't. Uh, If I did, I'd just be making one up, and I'm not going to do that. Um, Debbie, I might get you one in the morning. I don't know. We can be part whatever this is of this series. Uh, But where do I need to grow up? Well, the biggest thing that we need to really get in us is that we don't need to pretend that we got everything figured out. And that there is no room for improvement. I love what Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, he talked about uh, his uh, faith unfeigned. And that's what it says in the King James Version anyways, faith unfeigned. And that word unfeigned means, or feigned means to pretend. And I love what, that he wrote that because my, I don't have to pretend to be somewhere I'm not, Terry. I don't have to pretend. But I got to have a heart set. Right? i got to have a heart set that says, I want to get to this area. I want to get to this level. And that's really what, what God needs from us is just the desire. Remember I taught on that a few weeks ago, having a desire to desire? Even if you don't know, you can desire to desire. And that's really uh, what God asks of us is just to have that desire. And when we talk about needing to grow up, uh, we don't need to pretend that we got everything figured out and that there's no room for improvement. First uh, Corinthians 13 and 9, Paul said this, for we know in part. I know it goes on to say a few other things there, but uh, Bubba, when it says we know in part, that actually uh, defines out to we know in a measure. We know partly. But as we walk in this life and as we walk along this road, we're going to see that God brings us, and, and everybody probably in here uh, can testify to this, that w- the day you got saved to where you are right now, you're further down the road than what you were. Amen. You know a little bit more now. Hopefully you do. Uh, if you don't, we need to talk. <laughs> but hopefully you know more now than you did than when you started. And we know in part, but we also are able to continue to keep growing uh, that's why I said this, we don't need to pretend that we don't have areas we need to grow in, right? We don't, and it's okay. That's, that's the thing that I really, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to get across today is if there are some areas that you need to grow in, that's okay. That's okay. And get, that's why I think Pastor Susan talked about a few weeks ago, get around those people that know more than you do. Okay, I saw this on social media the other day, actually something good, uh, and it said this, that if you're, the om- if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room. We need to get into those areas where we don't feel like we know it all. That's why I like to hang around Mr. Tom and Mr. Ken and Mark and, and Miss Bonnie and, and Pastor Susan and those I like to get around people that know more than I do because I got a desire to learn. If I'm just uh, putting myself around people that know, that know just as much as I do, I'm not, I'm not advancing. I'm not challenging myself to learn. 
And so we need to have a desire to learn, but not look at that as a handicap that we need to learn. Uh, This is why uh, judging is is such a dangerous area to get in. Uh, And I talked about that a few weeks ago, too, about considering yourself. Um, You know, sometimes we judge people off of things uh, that they do that at one time we were ignorant of ourselves. That's why it's so dangerous to judge. Uh, Because if I've done something in my past and I see somebody else doing what I used to do, if I judge them, then I'm not operating in the grace of God. He had grace on me to forgive me and to show me a better way. And God's grace forgave me and brought me into a greater understanding. And that's really why it's so dangerous to get into an area of judging because we're judging people off of something that may, they may not have quite the understanding that you do on that. And we need to have compassion and grace. These are some areas we need to grow up in. Yep. Amen? Amen. Uh, just because we're not laying hands on the sick and, and, and we can do that today or we're not falling out in the floor uh, doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to respond to us in an area of learning a few things. And sometimes, as Pastor Susan said uh, a couple weeks ago, these are areas that we need to grow up in. Some of the areas that we need to grow we're always going to meet, be needing to grow up somewhere. We don't ever need to stop learning. I believe the day you die, the day I die, God's going to be trying to show me something. He's going to be dealing with me in some area. Amen. So we need to be careful, especially when we're, and, and I know maybe this is because the uh, election season coming up and and all these uh, wonderful things uh, that, uh, <laughs> I mean, you kind of prepare for them in your mind, Dylan, don't you? You, you get ready for them. Uh, we need to show some grace. Uh, if we react the same way they're reacting, are we more mature than them? Even if your information's better? We need to be careful about our attitudes. I know this is not what we want to hear. Man, I know, because some, some of this stuff is ignorant. But I want to be able to hold a conversation to maybe show them something. If we're yelling and screaming, even if my information's better, I'm still not getting across to them. Amen? And why argue anyways? You're going to vote the way you're going to vote. I mean, really, I've never changed anybody's mind by having an argument with them, Randy. Never. It's never worked for me. Uh, If it worked, I would say go for it, but it's just never worked for me. So anyways, take that for what it is. But there are areas that we do need to grow up in. And I know that's not fun, but that's just the reality. And growing is, is a sign of wisdom. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Rusty. <laughs> but um, areas we need to grow up in, and this is just uh, kind of off the hot off the presses this morning. Uh, so let's turn. Let's look here. If there's dead spots, I'm not lost, okay? I'm still just trying to get everything all figured out here. But we're not here to, uh, God's not here to help me. We're here to help the Lord. Amen. Amen. (laughs) So in that, when we ask for help, can we just stop and do that real quick? Father, we thank you that you're giving us anointed words today. Our abilities, God, even on our best day, are just filthy rags in your sight. But Father, we we know we're anointed But we ask for a double portion this morning, Uh, not to perform, but God to hear 
what you want us to hear. Lord, that the anointing would not just be upon me to speak, but that the anointing would be on us to hear. God, what you have to say, that God, we can be furnished and built up and brought into the fullness of Christ. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in that prayer, boy, I got a witness there. Uh, we're not just, you know, the anointing to speak is one thing, right? But the anointing for you to hear, that's the difference between people coming to church and some leave bored and some leave inspired. All in the same message, right? Is it just because of me? Well, no. You got to be prepared too when you come here. Uh, if this is the only religious thing that, and I want to say religious, if this is the only Christian thing that you do through the week, I'm not saying you're not saved, but I am saying this, you're missing out on a whole lot that God has for you. And so we need to be prepared. God ought to be on your mind every day. Amen. These are some areas we need to grow in is that God wants to get, have a relationship with us that's not just our devotion in the morning, not just going to church, that's, those are great things, not just reading our Bible, but I'm telling you, we know him intimately. We know him to the point that when we're walking down the road, we're talking to him, and we don't even think about what other people are thinking about us when they see us talking to somebody that's not there visibly. And I'm, I'm, I'm not promoting just being fanatical or, or just being religious. I'm talking about promoting relationship with God. These are some areas that we need to grow in where we are understanding that God wants us to have that relationship with him all the time. And that we feel him and sense his presence. Even if my physical eyes can't see him, my spirit is bearing witness with his spirit. The Bible says this, says this, that the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. And what that means is this, is that God's spirit wants to enlighten your spirit. Amen. The anointing uh, is not just for right now. It's for when we walk out the doors, Anna, and we're at Walmart. Praise God for the anointing at Walmart. Uh, but that our light can shine, God can bear, we can begin to see what God has seen when we're going about our day. Are every day. And when people, and man, I'm preaching uh, to myself here, when people react, how we, the, the Spirit of the Lord can enlighten us on how I respond. And I'm, I really, I'm saying, I'm preaching to me there. Sometimes I get up here and we have to say things, and I'm like, Lord, I feel so hypocritical because there's sometimes I miss that. And I think we all do, sure, we do, but we don't need to use that as an excuse not to grow into those areas, right? Amen. But this is where the Lord began to deal with me, three things. If you've got a pen and a paper or a device, you can write these down. This was this, uh, this morning as I began to pray. Three things came to my spirit that I felt just rise up with me. I, when I say God told me, I, I didn't hear an audible voice. I just felt this rise up on the inside of me. And this was, number one, was ability. And number two was knowledge. And number three is opportunity. These are three things that the Lord began to deal with my heart on today. And you know that as you grow in the Lord, he begins to put things in your spirit that he may not totally give you the full 
understanding at that moment of what he's trying to tell you. But as you begin to uh, pray and seek the Lord over, over these things, he, be, he begins to enlighten you. Amen? He begins to enlighten your spirit. And I'm going to get to uh, these things here uh, in just a few minutes. But because, well, let me say this. You know, when it comes to reading God's Word, everybody has the ability, or I'd say most people in here, probably have the ability to read. Right? But we can read and not have knowledge of what we're reading. And if we don't have knowledge of what we're reading, even if the opportunity presented itself, we wouldn't know what to do. And I believe this is some areas that God wants us to bring us in, is understanding we have the ability. He's given us the knowledge, and when we got that knowledge, then he'll present an opportunity for us to apply what we've been reading about, what we've been gaining knowledge of. That's something that Pastor Susan, or the Holy Spirit spoke through Pastor Susan, was this word that just kind of blew up in my spirit was application. That's, that becomes... Not just being a hearer of the Word of God, but becoming a doer of the Word of God. When we apply what we know, and we'll learn this, life will present you an opportunity. Guaranteed. To, and sometimes that will be positive, and sometimes that will be negative. But life will present you an opportunity to use the ability that you have of the, and the knowledge that you've come into and will give you an opportunity to apply what you know. Amen. And I want to say this really quickly. The, the areas that God has dealt with me in the last couple of years is staying in front of something, not until I have it memorized, but until it's in me. I want to say that again. Staying in front, and let me, let, me, let, me, let me refine that. Staying in front of God's word, not just something, God's word, not until I have it memorized. And is memorization wrong? No, it's not wrong at all. But not just that I have head knowledge of it, but I've got heart knowledge. I've got a revelation knowledge of what's being said. You, you understand the difference there? I think we all do. We're all mature here in the faith to understand that we can memorize and know what something says. But then it comes into a point to where it's inside of me. So when I'm faced with an opportunity, what erupts out of my spirit, right? Psalms 40 and 8, David said this, I delight to do thy will, O God. Yes, thy law is within my heart. He didn't say it was in his mind. But he said, it was in my heart. There was another passage where he said he had hid God's word in his heart that he might not sin against God. I don't think necessarily he was just uh, limiting those things to things, what we call big sins, but even in the areas where we fall short of his glory. Amen? Because not everything's about cussing and adultery and drinking and smoking and all the stuff that we think these big, huge, massive sins. But sometimes in the areas where Paul said we've all sinned and we have fell short of his glory. Has anybody ever fell short of God's glory? I have too. Uh, the, the realization is this here is when, even when I do fall short of his glory, his word erupts on the inside of me of what I'm to do to get things back in alignment. Okay? Have you ever had a car that got out of alignment 
and it starts just kind of drifting. It may not just be jerking to the side, but Robbie, it's drifting just a little bit. And you call the guy you bought it from and say, man, what's wrong with this thing? <laughs> but it, we have to take it to the shop and we got to get it back in alignment. And that's really what church is a lot for our lives is to get us back in alignment with what God's word says, but also to challenge us in these areas of where we need to grow. So when we realize we need alignment, we know exactly what to do. So let's go to, let's go to Psalms 91. Because around everything that I see within the word of God, this is an area to grow in too is every promise that I see in the Word of God, I'm going to see something around that promise that I need to be doing. Because when we go to Psalms 91, a lot of times we want to start verse 3. Oh, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Amen. He'll cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Praise God. But here's some areas where God showed me, Brett, that I had to grow up in. The way for these things to go into effect in my life starts in verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2 says this, I will say. You see, there's a lot of promises here. And thank God for them. But there is some application that I have to do in order for these promises to take effect in my life. Verse 8 says, only with thine eyes thou shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. And a lot of times we want to go to verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee. But let's go back to verse 9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. That word habitation means I have set up residence there. I, I live there. Brett, I, 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 I abide there. I don't, and I'm, I'm not talking about on, I don't want to downplay Sunday morning because we're going to get to the importance of church here in just a minute. But what I want people to understand is the abiding in, in God and the abiding in, under the, in the secret or dwelling in the secret place and abiding in the shadow of the Almighty, what that looks like is every, when I walk out these doors, my, my intentions is to hear what the voice of the Lord says. And even when I mess up, even when I do things I'm not supposed to do, I bring it back into alignment with what with God's word says. And I say this, I will not be that man. I will be exactly what God's word says. If I have to move back just a little bit and make some corrections, because here's the thing, free will works both ways. Whenever I come into knowledge of God's word, it's, the, it's my free will that decides what I'm going to do. And if I decide within me to get in alignment with what God's word says, I can get back on the straight path that's going to lead me back into these things where I can quote what these promises, and thank God for these promises. I'm not downplaying those things. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But what I'm trying to say is this. You have a part on you that you got to do in order for these things to take effect. And please don't get under the assumption that I'm just doing these things 
to just receive the blessing. I I'm thank God for the blessings, but I get in these places because I want to abide in his presence. You realize this, that when we abide in his presence, that, you know, Satan one time tried to go into the presence of God and, and overthrow God, and it didn't work out too good for him, did it? If I'm in his presence, I know that the flesh, the natural, the things in this world might come against us, but when I'm abiding in his presence and I'm under the shadow of the Almighty, all these things are just temporal. They're temporary, and you realize that they're temporary, and you say, I'm going to stay right here in his presence because God's word is not a lie. If I stay in his presence, if I abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I can stay right here, and it's either God's word is true or it's not. And we know God's word is true. But there's some application on my part. John 15 and 7. Four, it says, uh, starting verse 4 in John 15. What did he, what's the first thing he says? Abide in me. There are a lot of times in our life where we want to go down to verse 7 and skip the whole first part of the verse and go to, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's the truth in the promise. But there's also this, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. Let's go back to the word about if, if you've set up your residence in me. If you have made your dwelling place in me, then... You can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. There's something that we have. Free will is not, is, it runs both ways. It runs both ways. We have to, God is not going to, it's just the same way God, what, this is what I mean by that, that it runs both ways. When bad things happen to us, we know that that's not what God has in line for us, right? We know that. But when the good things want to come into place, here's the thing. God is saying this. I want to bring you into these things, but it is going to be up to you to abide in me. I'm not going to force you to abide in me. I've got to make the choice to abide in him. These are some areas that we need to grow in. Malachi chapter 3. Here's the one we love to quote. And a lot of times we will skip down to verse 11 that says, And I will re rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. But let's go back up to verse 10. What does it say to do? Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. <laughs> bring ye, you have to bring the tithe into the storehouse. And then when you do that, God said, now... I'll rebuke the devourer. It's not that God's holding out on you. Here is the thing. God's word, let me clarify this. It's not God sitting here, over here saying, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. It's God saying this, hey, here's the manual for living life, okay? This word of God is the manual, just the same way uh, me and Dylan had to go buy a shop vac. Everybody knows the pipes busted and all that stuff, and we were cleaning up. Now, what if we would have went down and bought a regular vacuum cleaner and try to soak up all that water and all that junk, it would have worked for about three seconds. Why is that? It wasn't made to do that. 
It was made just to vacuum carpet and get the top layer off. It wasn't made to suck water and big old chunks of wood and all this. It wasn't made to do that. The reason people's life is not working out is because they're not following the manual that God set for their life. And they're living a life. It's kind of like cutting the grass with scissors. Uh, It'll work. But man, that's a hard way to go about it. Where if you buy a lawnmower... It's a lot faster to mow the, mow the lawn with a lawnmower. I mean, I think that's common knowledge. When people don't live according to the Word of God, they may be living life, but they're not living the best life they can live because this is the thing that God said, hey, I'm giving you the, I am giving you the key to things working out in your life. All you have to do is follow what I've already got lined out, what I've already said. This is not about me dangling the dollar over you like the insurance commercial. Oh, you almost got it. You almost got it. No, he's saying this. I've given you, I've placed before you life and death. What did he say? Choose life. God's not going to choose that for you. You got to choose it. And this ought to be liberating because it's like, hey, wait a minute. I, I have got the ability. <laughs> I've got the knowledge. So when I see something come at me, now I've got an opportunity. See, that's what the devil wants us to get inside of our flesh is when things come against us that we cower down and talk about woe is me and all these bad things. But what we are to realize is this, is we have this ability and now to speak what God's word says. I've got the knowledge to say what God's word says. So when things come at me, now I've got an opportunity. See, that's where the dumbness of the devil kicks in is he doesn't realize for those that are walking according to the spirit, not the flesh, they're seeing those things as an opportunity for me to say what God's word says over my situation. But if you don't know what God's word says, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything bad at all other than quit reading this book just to be religious. If you're just going to be religious, just sit, wait it out. You've confessed Jesus as your Lord, sit and wait it out. You'll go to heaven. But he called us to live the heaven life now. On earth, as it is in heaven. And he's given us this word. Amen. But we have something that we have to do. And it's not laborsome. It's not like he's asking us to go out and recreate the world. He's asking us to say, to do. Uh, he, the Bible says that his, his commandments are not grievous. They're not laborsome. They're not, it's not something that you can't do. A lot of times it's just... Changing your words, I'm preaching to myself because I think I could preach to everybody in that area, right? I would say we could probably all say sometime last week we didn't, we might have said some things uh, that did not line up with God's word. I did. But, but Brett, I had to bring it back into alignment and go, whoop, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I'm thankful, and we're going to get to this here in a minute. I know I have the ability to say what God's Word says. But we, we come into a place like this that brings us into knowledge of what that is and application. So when life does present you that opportunity, when we pull out of here and somebody pulls out in front of us, or they burn your hamburger, or whatever, you've got the opportunity 
to react according to the way God's Word says I can react. And you know what? Who cares if they burn the hamburger? They'll make you another one. They'll make you another one. Okay. Because life is going to present us opportunities. And we need to know what God's Word says. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Staying on ability, knowledge, and opportunity. Debbie, I guess that's going to be the title. Okay? Ability. And, and earlier in the week, I, I, wasn't even studying, I wasn't even studying over this as a message. I was studying. The Lord just brought this to me uh, Friday. I was not being religious. I was not just studying for a message. I was praying that morning. Just the Lord hit me with that so hard. Well, now, I mean, now we know why. But at that time, we were just... We weren't being religious, we were being relational. But in Romans chapter 10, let's start, uh, let's start in verse 14. And, bef- and in this point, I want y'all to make me a promise that you're, you're going to hear me out and not get mad at me, okay? Will y'all promise me that? Okay. Let's start in verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Here's, let, me, let me stop right there. I feel like the Lord bringing me into clarification of Malachi 3. Bringing you all the tithes into the storehouse so that there'll be meat in mine house. You want to know why it's so, you know, people have a problem with preachers making money. Well, I don't play golf. Okay, uh, I hunt occasionally, but the reason that we that ministry paid staff is so important time, time to prepare so that when you come in here, there's going to be meat to give Amen. inside this Word of God. It's so. Let me tell you, to the world, you know why they don't th- they don't like giving? It's, it holds no value to them. But when you are spiritual and you love the Word of God, it's valuable to you. That's why when they pass the offering plate around, you're not thinking, well, I wonder where they're going on vacation. I'd like to go on a vacation too. No, you're just saying, hey, this is what the Word of God says, and I want to abide by God's Word. And I want to reap the benefits of what He's asked me to do. Because if I sometimes I, I learned just to do uh, growing up was you start out by just obeying because you just that's all you know to do. Uh, my mom and dad, when I was smaller, I don't know about everybody else's, but whenever they said, you're going to get in trouble, I knew what trouble consisted of. And it wasn't pleasant. But when I became older, I understood when dad told me to put wood on the porch, the reason he told me to put wood on the porch is because when it was 10 below zero, <laughs> well, it wasn't 10 below zero, but when it was 10 degrees outside, nobody wants to be running to the backside of the acreage to get wood to put on the porch to put in the stove. You come into knowledge of these things. It's not just because, well, Dad, I don't get a whipping. It's like, I don't want to freeze. I want, I want to move on. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but <laughs> maybe somebody in here told their kid to put wood on the porch, and they need to know why. <clears throat> let's start, let's see, verse 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. So how can they understand without a preacher? Um, it says here that faith comes by hearing and hearing. And I want to say this, not just reading. I will never ever promote not reading God's word. But I want you to understand, and we're going to get to a, to a passage here that explains this. The, and we're going to get on into the importance of church. The reason that the preaching of the word of God is so important is because if just reading alone, there would be no reason for a preacher to proclaim what the word of God has to say. Now, I believe it's reading and preaching, okay? And I'll get to that here in just a minute, too, because I'm not just going to say what I think. I, I want to I try to clarify this with uh, some of the Word. Because there are a lot of people, and maybe you know some and I know some, too, they decided their lives needed to change. They never really made a commitment to the Lord, but they knew they needed to do something religious. Because at the meat of it, they didn't want to go to hell. And I don't know about anybody else, but my relationship with God started out with this. That preacher preached hell so hot that I could literally smell the smoke. It was hot. I mean, I, got, I was scared. Yeah. Terry, I was scared and I went to the altar. Why? Because I didn't want to go to hell. But what grew out of that was coming into a relationship and knowledge of a God that loved me. Amen. And understanding it never was his will for me to perish. Amen. That he didn't make hell for me. That he created good things for me. So how do we not know these things? Now, if I just would have uh, got saved and never went back to church and never would have got under any teaching, how would I know these things? But I had friends of mine that would say, they would tell me, they wouldn't come to, they wouldn't come to church, they, would, they, they didn't make a, a commitment to serve the Lord, but they would say, John, I started reading my Bible last night. And that's great. That's a wonderful thing to do. But reading your Bible, it's kind of like country music singers. They'll always cut that one uh, gospel album, think it's going to get them in good with God. <clears throat> and then go back to their other, well, okay. <laughs> okay, back on the lesson. The reason that we promote relationship and learning and preaching is teaching is because that is what God wants to use for you to come into the fullness of Christ. And, there, and I want to say this, there has been an attack on the church, and there's a reason for that attack. Okay, And there's a person behind that. There's a, there's a spirit behind that attack of why he wants to take all this good things around church and make us feel like it's not important anymore. Now going back, it's not, I don't believe, I believe this, that you can read the word of God, but if you don't have the anointing there, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 said this stuff's not going to make sense to you. That's why they do it for three weeks and quit. They tell me, I just don't understand this. Of course you can't. This is not a fleshly book. This is a spiritual book. And the only way that you're going to be able to comprehend, it's good to read it. And I know that God can, I've heard of people getting saved in hotel rooms with the Gideon Bibles. I'm not saying that God can't do it. But God placed the fivefold ministry in place in order for us to all come into the fullness of Christ. That's why when we hear of somebody getting saved and they don't have a home church, you need to be doing, not so we can put uh, people in seats, which is fine. I'd rather preach to a, few, a full one than an empty one. But understand this, that it's important for them to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they need to know, they need to have the knowledge. Uh, they, they got the ability, like it's like walking or running, 
Most people can do that, but there's, and, and you could go into the gym and start lifting weights and you could not really know what you're doing, but you can be lifting them. But when you, and you got the ability to do it, right? You got the ability, but when somebody comes by and says, you're doing that wrong, then they show you how to do it right instead of, I mean, I've seen some guy. I'm not saying I know everything in that world. I know Bob does and Dylan and Mo, wherever he's at. <laughs> I've seen some people go in there and they can lift the weights, but the way they're doing it, they're going to hurt themselves. But if somebody gives them the knowledge, now they've got an opportunity to do it right and to grow. Okay, so it's more than just about handing some... I, I don't want this to sound bad, but we need to direct people to the house of the Lord or to be a teacher to them, share things with them. That's why it's important for you to know what God's words to say. It's not just to say, hey, that's above my pay grade. Let me, talk, let me talk to my pastor. No, you need to get it on the inside of you so when those people come to you, you know what to say and you know what to present to them. Okay, I'm trying to get to Acts chapter 8. But it's more than just reading, it's reading and preaching. The reason why, let's go to Acts chapter 8. Because I know y'all are looking at me like, okay. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, we can hear it, but, and, and a lot of people are reading it, but they, they need some help explaining. And this is why church is so important. Church attendance really not, and you're saying, well, John, we're here. Why are you preaching about church attendance to people that are at church? Well, there's some people that listen on live stream or they hear this on the radio or, or a podcast or whatever the case may be and they, and they need to hear these things. Or maybe you're just a casual church attendee and God's already been dealing with you about becoming more committed, not commit, devoted to the house of the Lord to receive what you need in order to be successful in life. So in Acts chapter 8, in verse 26, this is talking about Philip and the Ethiopian. Um, it says, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Now, did Philip go on his own accord? Angel of the Lord spoke to him, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert, not desert, desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself 
or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. So what was the point in sending the angel of the Lord to Philip if reading was enough? He was already reading. But what had, and obviously the Ethiopian had the ability to read, right? But then Philip came along and explained what he was reading. So we got ability, now we got knowledge. And then the next thing you know, they come across water and the Ethiopian had an opportunity. He had the ability to read. Philip explained to him what he was reading. Then because of what all they read, the eunuch said this, here's water, what hinders me from being baptized? Now he has an opportunity. And that's kind of the way people are in life. They, they're reading the word of God, but they don't, have, they don't know what it means. And, they don't, and they're being preached to a lot of the times, what's the value in coming to the house of God? I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. All, we hear all this stuff, but this is why we come to church is to hear under the anointing what this word has to say that brings us into knowledge. That way when we go out into this world and we're presented opportunities. To apply what we know. This is the reason why. I'm not, I, go home and read your Bible. But don't stay home. Come to church. Hear the word of God. Have it explained to you. In-depth Bible study. A ladies Bible study. That, Miss Bonnie ain't doing that because she doesn't have anything else to do. A lot of people may argue that. They're not here right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But the, I see the women come in here, and they can't wait. Why is that? Because they want to hear Miss Bonnie read the Bible? No. She's explaining what they've already been reading, and when they go out into the world, they're presented opportunities that they know what to do. That's the beauty in coming to these things. There, and let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And let's start um, in verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And get this, I want you to remember this. And gave gifts unto men. Verse 9, now that he ascended... What is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And let's look at verse 11. And he gave some. So let's look at this. In verse 8, he gave gifts unto men. Well, what are these gifts? Let's look at verse 11. And he gave. A gift giver gives. Right? 
And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers so that they could play golf and hunt on Sunday. No. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into, uh, grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole bodily, body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to to the effectual working in the measure of every part and maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. We're not coming to church to check off something on our good list. The church was put in place for us to grow in the fullness of Christ. That's why it is so important. We don't do this just so we can put it on social media and show everybody who shows up or who doesn't show up. We do these things. We put these things on here so that you can grow in the fullness of Christ. So that you can take what ability that you do have to read, to comprehend, and able to do, and to have knowledge with that. That Because let me tell you, as I've said, a thousand times already life is going to present you an opportunity it's going to whether you want to or not but do we want to be like the rest of the world tossed to and fro knowing not not knowing what to do when we can be furnished built up into the fullness of Christ and I know what to do and I know who's behind it and I know what's going on and I know the reason that he's doing these things is because not just so that I could be a good boy is because on the other side of these things are the blessings of God that wants to flow in my life and let me tell you the enemy of your life does not want you flowing in the blessings of God. He doesn't want you sharing those things with your friends and family. He, he doesn't want those people to see you being blessed. A lot of times we don't have to say nothing. People start seeing us get blessed and they start asking questions. And I want you to understand this as well. The reason that we want you to come to the house of God is so that you can be built up. And that you can know. And that you can apply. And it's not just about you coming here and hearing what I'm saying, but also applying it to your life and there being application in your life. The church was put in place for us to grow in the fullness of Christ. We're not competing. I'm not. I don't, I don't have, I do not have, that's where burnout comes from. We're not competing with what I don't, I I love, I got friends uh, that are in ministry that are other churches in this town. I eat lunch with them. We love each other. We call, uh, go to lunch together and talk. But let me let you understand this. I am not in competition with them. I refuse to be a part of that. I will not be a part of that. And the reason is, is because if we're not all in this together, then what are we doing? What are we doing? I hope some of these other churches here, I hope they log on just to see what we talked about today and hear that we love you and we want to work together with you and we want to come into the knowledge of the fullness of Christ. Not staying limited. So when we talk about this, and I'll say this in closing, 
when we hear things like, you know, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. Who do we think is prompting us to stay home? I'm not saying there's not reasons. Obviously, there's reasons. And thank God for live stream and, and all. Thank God for that stuff. Thankful, I'm, so, I'm thankful for that. Because there are times we, it's impossible. We can't. But I'm talking about consistently. Who's behind that? Let me tell you something. Satan doesn't want you coming into the fullness of Christ. He does not want you operating in this word. He doesn't want you coming into knowledge. He definitely wants you to be so confused when you're presented an opportunity. Whether it comes through needing this, needing that. And being able to say what God's... He doesn't want you knowing what God's... Word. He doesn't want you coming in hearing the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God so that it can confirm what you're already reading at home. How many, how many people here could testify? You don't have to raise your hand. But God, you've been reading something in the Word. And you're like, mm, man, I just don't have quite... And you come in here and lo and behold, Pastor Susan gets up here and just, I mean, drills at home. It's happened on me more times than I can count. That's why it's so important. Satan doesn't want you coming into the fullness of Christ so that you can overflow into your work, into your neighborhood, into your friends, your family, etc. We got to get in our mind who's behind us and why do I need to grow in these areas? Not just so that I can recite Psalms 91. That's from memory. That's a great thing to do. But I want to know the heart of what his word says to do. Because inside that heart is how I live life. It's how I operate in life. And that's how he wants you to operate in life as well. He doesn't want us to remain ignorant. And I'm not saying, you're not, I don't mean that dumb. I'm just talking about not knowing, uneducated. Not knowing. And we can know. But this goes back to this point. This is my second closing. <laughs> Stay in front of it till you get it. If you're having a question and you don't quite understand, yeah, sure, reach out and all this. But stay in front of it. There's a lot of things that I come to the Word and I'm like, I don't get it, but I just, I, I'm not, and I'm, but I have to have this attitude. I'm going to stay in front of this until it's in me. Amen. Not till I have it memorized. And I got, I got challenged on this Psalms 91. Uh, A person wanted, uh, is, is a ministry that we listened to, wanted us to read this hundreds of times in the next three months. I thought, hundreds of times? Who's got time for that? But as I began to read this, like, well, that's just all the, you know, all the pie in the sky and sweet by and by, you know, all those scriptures. But then the Lord's like, no, he that dwells in the secret place. Uh-oh. He that dwells in the secret place, of the, he that abides. He, and I begin to define, look up those words. He that sets up his residence there. He that makes, he builds his house there. You see, if we speed read the Bible, I know this puts a cramp in our speed reading in the Bible and reading the Bible in the year programs. But I want to stay in front of something till it's in me. It becomes who I am. And whenever I'm hit with opportunities, just like we're carrying the bucket full of water, if you hit the bucket, what comes out? Water. So if the word of God is in us full, when we get bumped, out flows our mouth, the word of God. Amen. Would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you for your word.
we thank, we're thankful for the anointing, God, that, that you give us. And Father, we are so humbled. We are so humbled, Father, by what you share with us in the secret place. And God, not just for preachers, not just for teachers, but God, every person in this place, whether they work uh, in any area of any capacity, or God, they just attend. And thank God for faithful attendees that just come to your house because, God, they want to be here, and it's life-changing, not just information, but the anointing is here to change their life. And, Father, I pray that it would just become, that you would just, we invite you to make this a passion in our life. That we just can't wait, God, to read your word every day, to meditate on it, and come to this place, God, for you to confirm what we've already been reading and what we've already been talking about in the secret place with you, that, God, it overflows out of our life. And when people see the goodness that, God, that comes from you, they're going to start asking questions. Not that we can promote RCC. God, we don't want to get into that game. But, Father, that we can promote your kingdom because your kingdom is the one that is changing people. And we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. And would you stand real quickly? I, I don't want to dismiss. And I just want to say this because a lot of times, and let's just, let's just close our eyes just out of, if you, if you don't know Christ and you want to know him, and I'm not talking about just you want to know him from your heart. I just want you to, and when you raise your hand, it's not for me to see, it's for God to see, Okay. Just, just slip up your hand. I see that. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? All right, we're going to pray this prayer. I want you to say it with me. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he is your son. And that you raised him from the dead. And as I pray this prayer, And I believe in my heart and I confess it with my mouth that I'm saved because I believe in you. Not what I do, but what you've done. And I receive that salvation and I ask you that you would help me to become a disciple and to make the devoted commitment that I'm not just going to attend church out of habit, but to hear what your word says and receive the manual for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you believe that, you're born again. Amen. And there's people here that raised their hand that made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Let's, let's give the Lord a hand. Thank God. The Bible says this, that the angels rejoice in heaven over one sinner. Amen. If, he, if I'd have been the only one, he would have died for me. Father, thank you for those that made this decision today. And Father, I pray that they would find somebody and tell them about you. And Father, we just thank you for it. And we send these out, Father, today blessed encouraged, and when we see something inside of the Word of God that we're supposed to apply, God, your Spirit's going to quicken us to do exactly what that Word says to do, and we're going to thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.